Warning. Listening to this podcast could be hazardous to your mental health. Side effects could include random fits of yelling go bills to total strangers. For your safety, the entire collective medical community recommends caution when consuming this podcast. You are listening to Buffalo on the Brain with the most unathletic man in Bill's Mafia, Vince Taylor. The Patriots undefeated in the month of November. Okay, It's not September when somebody might be caught napping. It's not October when you're just beginning to get your sea legs. November. What is up, Bill's Mafia? Thank you so much for tuning in. You are listening to Buffalo on the Brain. I am your host, Vince Taylor. You are listening to me on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. And we are getting ready for one of the biggest games in recent memory for our beloved Buffalo Bills as we get set for a Monday night showdown with Bill Belichick, McCorkle Jones, and the rest of the New England Patriots defense. Interesting game, interesting game this week. If you listen to me, Fill in for justice this week on the wind chill factor. You know that I believe our best chance to win this division is to take both of these games from New England. And I I know that sounds very obvious. And I know there are a lot of people out there who believe that we could probably get by with a split. But looking at the rest of the New England Patriots schedule, it's pretty soft. It's pretty soft. A lot of people think that Miami has the chops to maybe pull out another victory. I'm very pessimistic on that. I think the Colts-Patriots game is very interesting because if we end up splitting with them, that game could be the difference to us having a tiebreaker in our pocket. As you know, last year, we swept the rest of the AFC East. Two against the Jets, two against the Dolphins, two against Bill Belichick. In fact, that was the game where he, we were trolling Bill Belichick last year. He couldn't do anything to stop us, and he smashed his phone in the sidelines in frustration. And it was a high point for this franchise. But, you know, this is another important game. It's the most important game since the AFC Championship, but let's not talk playoff games. This is the most important game outside of playoff games in a very long time. This This has a lot of weight to it. I want to make sure we take this first game so we don't have to worry about the second game being a must win. To me, they're still both must wins. But lots of national media praise for this Patriots team winning six in a row. They have been playing some good teams tight before that. You know, I think we need to pump the brakes on that a little bit. Now, it sounds odd because I do have so much concern, but I think there's nuance here. And let me explain. I do think the Patriots are a good team. They are not a great team. Going into the game tomorrow night, they are the number one seed in the AFC. But I think that is a mirage. I don't think they are that good of a team. Now, they're still going to give us some problems. They still have a good defense. You know, they've been beaten up on some less than quality teams of late, including Tennessee Titans. Getting a really big break by not having both their starting wide receivers and Derrick Henry. That's like us playing the Texans, which they got to do as well. 
But I still think they're a good team. I still think there is a lot of concern here. But I don't think it's because the Patriots are great. That's the nuance. I think the Buffalo Bills are still competing with the Buffalo Bills. We're still trying to prove it to ourselves. That last year was not a fluke. And I think we may have overachieved a little last year. I have been very open about that. Not that we weren't one of the best teams in the AFC. Not that we were a bad team. That is not what I'm saying. I think we may have overachieved just a little bit. Yes, the Patriots are a good team. Yes, the Bills are a good team. This is a tough game for both teams. Bill Belichick is not looking past the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott, not looking past the New England Patriots. This is a game where we're coming to play for. But we still, in large part, have to win this game to still prove it to ourselves. And I don't care that this happens to be the Patriots, the same team that's been giving us nightmares for the last 20 years with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's gone. This isn't the same team. This isn't, it's still Bill Belichick. Absolutely. And you have to give some credit there. But this is not that team. And that is not where I believe we have, or I have the concern. I have the concern of us. I have the concern because we still have many flaws on our team. We still have shown that we can be very inconsistent. We have shown that we cannot show up for entire games. And last year was a lot of the same. It was. We don't want to remember that because we finished 13 and 3 and went to the AFC Championship. But there were lulls in the third quarter last year. The defense was not good last year. I have a conversation later on with Andrew, and I believe this team is a better team than last year, but it doesn't feel like it. I don't feel like it does. And the reason why I feel that way is because I think we are very largely dependent on one man, as we were last year. Josh dragged this team almost entirely on his own. That's not fair to say because the defense did have some good stops and some points. And of course, you know, the wide receivers are doing their work too. But by and large, Josh pulled this team to the playoffs and to the AFC championship game almost on his own. And we're relying on that ad again. It's the same formula basically this year because we did nothing to improve the offensive line, really. Spencer Brown was not the plan. And here we are again, expecting Josh to bail us out every single week. Now, that's not fair. The defense has played well. The defense has played well. We're number two in points differential right now behind the New England Patriots. And I don't care about that stat so much. It's fun to brag about and it's fun to watch and look at, but I don't think it's always really a telling stat in the NFL as it is in baseball because baseball has a much longer season. And I think um, the stats usually even themselves out for run differential in baseball. I don't think that's true. I think you can have a, a really high point differential in the NFL and still not be a very good team. I think that can be misleading. And I believe that right now with the New England Patriots and, and to a lesser extent, the Buffalo Bills. That needs nuance as well. So I need you to hear this. I still think the Bills are a good defense. I don't think we're playing up to our potential, but I think the stats are also skewed and pumped up and misleading because we had Ben Roethlisberger in a bad Saints offense, because we had Davis Mills, because we had Tyler Haneke, because we had Tua, because we have backups. <laughs> We've had backup quarterbacks that we're facing. So th it does matter. 
So Monday night, let's shut the national media up. I'm tired of hearing about the Saints, and I don't like seeing them be the number one team in the AFC because it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right, and they don't it hasn't been convincing. The Bills are the same. I believe the Bills have the potential to be one of the best teams in the AFC, but you know what? It's not convincing. And even some of our blowout wins hasn't been convincing. We want to overlook some things sometimes because there's two crowds. You know, there's a crowd that just win, baby, which is awesome, and I I believe in that too. But I also believe there's a different set of crowd who wants to be more critical of the ways that we are winning and who we're beating and how. That matters. That tells a story. Past performance is a better indicator of future success. And we've had problems. We brush them aside. We've had some concerns. They're still around. They're still around. And you know, if that Colts came's any indication, you know, I maybe think that I can buy into the Bills being overconfident and you know, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Okay, we're back. Okay, we're down. Okay, we're back. We got to put, start putting together some quality wins against some tougher competition right now because we have the Pats, we have the Bucks. The Panthers are probably not going to be that big of a threat. They do have a good defense, but they're starting Cam right now. How big of a threat can they be? But we have the Pats again. And. We got to start putting some wins together because we have to not only beat New England, we got to keep pace with them and their soft schedule. By the way, they haven't had their bye week. We have six games left. They have five games left. There is a lot of pressure on this Bills team. And I'm concerned that fans are not taking that seriously enough. I hope I'm wrong. There are many people out there who I absolutely love and respect. And are smarter than I am. And every time I disagree with people that are smarter than me, I need to check myself to make sure I'm not crazy. But uh, there are people out there that I absolutely love and respect who are still don't have any level of concern over this AFC East. And I do. I think if we lose two more, maybe we're, I mean, definitely if we don't sweep the Patriots, I believe, but I don't want to go into a wild card race. And being that mess of teams with probably six, seven wins, eight wins, sorry, eight, six, seven, eight losses, that's not going to go good for us because we have so many conference losses. And I'm not wanting to rely on tiebreakers here. So Monday night, Bill Belichick, weather inclement could be happening. You know, I, I think it's, a little bit far out to tell, but I, I think we have a pretty good idea right now that there could be some some snow, and maybe that does benefit the Bills, but uh, I don't think we have good offensive line. We don't have a good rushing attack. I could also build a really strong argument that how that favors the Patriots in a rushing-type game. Think back to the Colts game and think about how this Bills team can struggle with a team that has a good offensive line and a good rushing attack. That could be us again. Um, And they do have the short offense, the short passes to the wide receivers. Uh, That's not really our game. You know, Josh will be out there running around trying to make throws out of the pocket. He likes to do that. 
we seem to be doing that way more often than most teams right now. But uh, David Andrews, I believe all these players right now are listed as questionable. Uh, David Andrews, starting Senator Christian Barmore, Trent Brown. Kyle Duggar, I believe, is out. I think he's confirmed out because I believe he'd be off the injury list by now if he were going to play because he's he's actually on the COVID list. Uh, Jamie Collins, I think, is questionable. I'm not sure the status of him, how likely he is to play. Uh, We have a a couple of injury concerns on our own, as you know. We're going into this game without one of the best corners in the league as Trey White is out for the rest of the year. Effie Obata is questionable, and Feliciano is questionable as well. I was feeling pretty confident that we would have him back for this game. And honestly, I have this conversation later on, but how far have we fallen where we are missing Feliciano and hoping that we get him back? Uh, That's a sign of the times, but... um, I still think I want to predict the Bills win here. I don't feel strong about it. I think it's a close game. I don't think either side is going to put up a lot of points. Um, depending on how bad the weather is, I think it could push it down some. But I'm going to be consistent and call for a Bills win. 28-24. If it does come down the field goals, though, I think you have to give a little bit of edge to the Bills and Tyler Bass. Still, predicting the Bills win, this will not be a tough one. It's very important. And I have to tell you, I will have the panic meter going up a little bit if the Bills do not win this game. There's very little room for error for us if we don't. And I'm talking about the AFC specifically, but to a lesser degree, yes, for the for the wild card spots, um, I, I I just I, I'm concerned that there's not a healthy enough concern for this Patriots team by some fans. Now, I think most of us realize how how tight this game will be. And you know the nuance here is that we're not playing the Packers. We're not playing the Chiefs full strength. You know, the 2020 or the 2019 Chiefs. We're not playing a great team. We're playing just another good team. Much like the Tennessee Titans. I feel kind of similar. And Tennessee was able to get a win out of against us. Okay, Mafia, so please dunk on me. I'd love to be wrong. I'm happy if you're dunking on me because I want to be wrong about this. And I, there's no let me know that there's no need for alarm. Um, but let's go ahead and get to the rest of the program. It's a little different this week, I know, because normally when you are listening to this podcast, the game's already been played. And I'm giving you kind of my thoughts and observations on the game that had already happened. But when you're listening to this on a Monday, you still have hours to go by the time you get to the Bills and Patriots game. So uh, hopefully this keeps you entertained for a little while. I'm very proud of my guest list this week. I have, again, every week, Justin Goddard over from the Wandering Buffalo, who I just love those guys so much. I had the bass signal go up because I needed a couple guests and uh, a lot of my built-in Buffalo Brothers and sisters uh, raised their hand and stepped up for the call. So we have Justin in the Mafia hot seat. We have Tiestel. We have the other half of the Wandering Buffalo, uh, Andrew Two Changs. And last but not least, 
We have Zach Vaughn over from the Fanatics. He's the editor-in-chief over there. We talk a little London Fletcher, and, of course, he takes his turn in the hot seat. Zach has been good to me for a really long time, and I always enjoy talking to him. So I'm very proud of this guest list. Uh, a little bit of an extended hot seat this week. And uh, without further ado, let's get you over to Real or Silly with Justin. Hello. I have a fun game for y'all today. It's called, Is It Real or Is It Silly? Silly. Adjective, laughable or amusing through foolishness or a foolish appearance. Is that for real? Is it real? Silliness. Okay, is it real? Wow. Double wow. Silliness is defined as engaging in a ludicrous folly. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the week again where I get together with Justin Goddard. I'm alone over from the Wandering Buffalo right here on this very network where we do the recurring segments, real or silly. Justin, how are you? I am a bit cold. The snow is coming down in Rochester, and and I know it's that time of year, but the older I get, the less I like it. It becomes a horrible inconvenience and accidents on the way home and all that, but warming up now. Hoping, uh, hoping we don't have to deal with some elements when we get to Monday night. Yeah, I, I thought I had read that there's a possible snowstorm brewing for Monday night. But I think it, it's my experience, and I feel like I'm right about this, that whenever you predict it this far out, it always moves back a day or two. So I, I think it's going to move. Yeah, it's, it's sitting at 40% right now. Um, but I mean, having grown up in Buffalo, I kind of learn to look at the weather reports and take it with a very, very small grain of salt because it it just changes so fast. So, I mean, some, some games, I, I like having the snow element mixed into it. Um, cause a lot of teams don't play in the elements like that, but that I don't think that's an advantage or a disadvantage for the bills or the Patriots. I think it just changes the game a little bit. So I'm, I'm hoping for clear skies by then. Yeah. It's not like, Foxborough, and actually, I'm not sure if it's still called Foxborough, but it's not like New England doesn't get snow too, right? right. I know bu- Buffalo snow is a little bit different because of the lake effect, but you know, Northeast, you know, it's, you're going to get a fair amount of snow, just like Green Bay will. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm not always on the train that it's a huge advantage for the Bills to be playing in those conditions, especially when you can't run the football. Um, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll uh, figure out what the actual weather is Monday at like four (laughs) o'clock. All right. As you know, we have three questions every week. Sometimes we have a bonus question, but this week we just have the three. So we'll go ahead and get started with question number one. Question one. Justin Goddard, I am full on the train that the Bills need to take both games against New England to have a chance at the AFC East title. Do you think the Bills can win the AFC East by splitting with New England? Is that real or silly? Um, so I I waffled on this one a lot and had to had to take some notes on really solidifying how I felt about this. And I'll start by saying 
I think it's real. Real. I think the Bills can win the AFC East still if they split with New England. Um, and I'm very trying to be very careful about how I tiptoe through this because you can make all these same arguments back towards the Bills. Um, but yes, New England's on a six-game winning streak. Um, regardless of who you're playing, it's it's tough to do in the NFL. And some of these teams that they should be beating, they they really roughed up like you should be doing. Um, but when I look back on their win streak, you're talking, you had the Jets, the Chargers, who I think that's a good win, but the Chargers also didn't really end up being who we thought they would be this year. Uh, I followed that up with the Panthers, um, the Browns, who we were both very high on beginning of this year. They've they've kind of been a mess. And that game, there was no Kareem Hunt, no Nick Chubb. And they took down the Falcons and then the Titans, who honestly are a shell of their former selves right now. No Derrick Henry, uh, no Julio Jones, no A.J. Brown. So... Yes, looking at that, still impressive for a six-game win streak. Um, but I also think, you know, if the Bills can kind of take them off this high, they still have to play us again. They have to play the Colts, which is a tough game. Um, Jaguars, you know, should be probably an easy win for them. And then you got the Dolphins, who, for what it's worth, did beat them earlier in the season. And... I don't think that's going to be a Dolphins team that phones it in for the last game of the year, regardless of what their record is. Um, I think a lot of those players know that they're playing for their coach. I think Flores is going to be on the hot seat by the end of the season. So I think that's a tougher game than it gets credit for. Um, all that to say, I, I think it significantly increases our chances of winning the AFC East. If we beat them both times, um, but if if it comes down to us having the same record, I believe the first tiebreaker is the division wins, and we have Miami twice, and they lost to them at least once thus far. So I think it's much easier to do it if you beat them twice, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility if we split. I think we're going to need to have both games. Now, the, the Bills, we're going we're gonna to need to have both games against the Patriots. The Bills have six games left and two of them are against the Patriots one of them against the Bucks. Uh, I used to think that Carolina might be a sneaky tough game I don't believe that anymore not with Cam Newton uh, the Falcons are not the Falcons that we're used to knowing that offense is having a hard time putting some points on the board of course we finished with the Jets I think realistically speaking I mean, if you're trying to look at this objectively and not just be a complete and total homer and come off and say, we're going to win, we're going to win. But I think we win four out of the six. And that would put the Bills at 11 wins. And I think 11 wins might even make your wild card, wild card chances a little shaky, depending on how the rest of the league shakes up. But the Patriots, as you said, have five games left and they already have eight wins. And they have a pretty easy schedule. I don't think the Dolphins are going to beat the Patriots twice. I would love for that to happen. I want to be wrong. I will be rooting to be wrong, but objectively speaking, I, I don't think that's going to happen. And, you know, I, I don't see, I mean, we are the toughest game left for the Patriots and they have a one game lead. I think if we end up splitting, 
it's very likely that we're still going to be down. If we get both, then at least we have a tiebreaker against them. So I, I think it's a long road to the playoffs for the Bills if we don't take both. Now, of course, it's still possible, right? You you never know what's going to happen. And I think I can tell, but I can't. Things It's the NFL. We talk about it all the time, how any week anybody could win. But uh, I'm very, very concerned, Justin. Yeah, I I do share your level of concern. And I, I think... I don't really know where it's coming from, but I think I have a little bit more of the optimism, homerism, if you will. Um, But when I'm looking at our schedule coming up to end the year, the only game that I have left on the schedule that I had as a loss in the beginning of the season is the Buccaneers. And, you know, granted, I had a couple in there that I was wrong about. It'd be really nice to have you know, that Jaguars game back or that Pittsburgh game back. But the spot we're in now, you know, it looks like we're getting Spencer Brown back. We're getting star back. Feliciano's practicing. If we can get healthy and get hot for this stretch run, um, to quote the great Joe Marino, um, he, he likes to say, you know, this is the team you're supposed to be. You're supposed to go out and win these games. And now's the time you either do it or you don't. And, and that's all there is to it. And yes, of the six games we have remaining, I think there's a, a couple more difficult games in there. But if the Bills play the way they're supposed to play, they execute what they're supposed to do. I don't think there's maybe one, two teams in the league that are, are better than this team. Um, so I, it's not ideal if they try to do it by splitting with New England. Um, I will say that this game coming up on Monday. I think this one is the must win. And if you're going to drop one of them, it has to be the next one. Um, Just for the way the pitcher starts shaking out and, you know, kind of take a little wind out of new England sale, riding high on this six game win streak. I, I think this is the one that I think this is a must win game. Yeah. Like you said, if we, go into the second game against the Patriots already having one down against them. That game means so much more and I don't want to be in that position, but we are losing our best cover corner. Trey white is gone. I have no idea what that means for what the defense looks like. I've been very high in Levi this year, but is Levi going to be able to take all the extra targets as number one corner? I, I don't know. I don't know that he's playing to that level. Uh, how do we feel about Dane Jackson? I have never been a Dame Jackson fan. I think he made a couple of good plays when he was giving an opportunity and, and people fell in love with him. And we want to build him up to something that maybe he isn't. We're over valuing what he can be and what we want him to be. Um, you know, as of recording right now, we've not made an addition. We've uh, I, I think we signed Tim Harris. I don't really know who that guy is. I know he was on our practice squad, but is that, is that what we're going to do is count on, Dane Jackson and Levi Walls. I know we're getting healthier. We're getting Spencer Brown back. We should be able to move Daryl Williams back to guard. Feliciano will get back. I miss being mad at Feliciano. <laughs> so I, <much>. miss, <laughs> I miss being mad at Feliciano right now. And, you know, are we really one of the best teams in the NFL? I don't know. I think the potential's there. Last year, we made it all the way to the AFC Championship game because Josh absolutely dragged this team with him. 
the team was not as the team's a little better this year. I think the defense, especially, but that's what it's going to take. And we're, we're very flawed. We're very flawed. And I don't know. I've, I just, I'm ready to brace myself for some disappointment. So I just want to touch on, we're going a little tangent here, but the, Hey, that's what we're here for. Right. Uh, I just want to touch on a little bit with Trey white there. And I also am not a huge Dane Jackson fan. Um, I feel like a lot of people are making themselves feel better. Like, Oh, Dane Jackson looked good when we saw him, blah, blah, blah. I feel like those are the same people that were like down on Levi most of the season. And then we're looking at a situation where Dane Jackson was given every opportunity to take Levi's job from him this off season. And he wasn't able to do it. Um, so without really having seen Dane Jackson play, I feel like we kind of, know more about him than we did this time last year. Um, so I think Trey white is arguably the biggest blow this team could have taken outside of Josh Allen. Um, but with that being said, this is kind of where I put a little bit more faith into Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott of maybe our defense looks different now than it has the whole year. And, you know, maybe instead of, relying on a four-man pass rush. Maybe we see a little bit more blitzing and trying to make the quarterbacks react faster because you know you don't have the same amount of time in coverage, and maybe we see the defense get a little bit more aggressive. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of talk that, like, Trey White going down is is the nail in the coffin, that the Bills can't be a Super Bowl team now. And like I said, I think that's – the biggest loss you can take outside of Josh Allen, but I'm not ready to go that far on it. I think that the defensive minds that we have on our coaching staff um, will find a way to at least adapt and kind of make up for that a little bit. You never replace Trey White, though. Yeah, and I don't want to say that the chances are zero. I mean, there's still a chance. We have Josh Allen, but are the chances severely hampered are they taking a severe shot is my confidence down absolutely i think if you say that you don't have a loss of confidence then i don't know i i think you need to reassess uh the way you're evaluating this team but w- without trey this there's no doubt this team is not as good as it is with trey couldn't agree more all right on to question number two question two I saw a stat today, I believe it was from yards per pass, that the Bills actually rushed for more yards than the Patriots. I didn't verify the stat, but I kind of shook my head and was like, did I read that right? Um, but I think it's a good question because, you know, this year's Patriots are not last year's Patriots. So Justin Goddard, the Bills will rush for more yards than the Patriots this week. Is that real or silly? Uh, I'm going to say that's silly. A bunch of silliness. And the reason why I say that is the Patriots have a pretty good stable of backs. None of these guys are, you know, Derrick Henry, Delvin Cook level. Um, but they have good running backs. And what makes me what makes me lean this way is Bill Belichick and... What has Bill Belichick done so great his whole career? 
um, that's really just made him so successful is he, he keys in on what you do best and he tries to take it away. And for the bills, that's going to be the offense and Josh Allen being able to put up points. Um, so I think he's going to really lean into a philosophy this week of like a ground and pound, run the clock, keep, keep Josh Allen on the sidelines and, you know, mix up that, that short passing game with it as the extension of the run game. Um, but I think this game for the Patriots is going to be a lot of, a lot of clock control and, and just trying to limit the bills opportunities. Um, so I, I think they're going to go very run heavy and, and they'll outdo the bills in that department. I agree with you in a, I wonder how much the snowstorm affects our chances because you know, there's a whole debate going on right now in Bill's Mafia if we want to have a dome or versus we want to still have an open-air stadium. And I don't care. I have no skin in this game. Uh, I, I don't like being cold. <laughs> I think anything less than 40 degrees, I have no reason to be outside. And I don't go to Buffalo, you know, later than mid-October. But uh, it's because I'm a wimp, Justin. But um, if we have a big snowstorm, I think that hurts us more than it hurts them we can try to run the ball we're not very successful our offensive line is not that great even if we get spencer brown back which we probably will but the patriots just have a better offensive line they have better running backs and they're more set up to win that type of game if we have the snowstorm and you know even if we don't one of the other things that bill belichick has done his entire career is zig when everybody expects him to zag he thinks, you know, he's expecting you to gear up to stop the run. He's going to pass. You know, he, he, he just, he does, he's, he's very good at being uh, unpredictable. And I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, I guess I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. I, I just see that being the focal point of their offense. And like you said, especially if we do end up getting a snowstorm and, and it becomes, you know, much more obvious runs. Hey, maybe if we get a snowstorm, we call up Shady, see what he's up to, have him get a couple, uh, get that walk-off overtime run again, throw him in there for a game. That's right. Just keep him on the sidelines, kind of break glass in case. Never mind, we don't need you. Get out of here. It's not snowing. <laughs> All right, question number three. Question three. Josh is sacked less than I, I wrote this question three and a half, but I don't think that's what I want to say. Josh is sacked less than three and a half times this week. Justin, is that real or silly? Uh, I think that one is going to be silly as well. A bunch of silliness. And I don't like it. Um, but kind of preparing for the Wandering Buffalo episode this week and, and just diving a little bit more into the Patriots, I'm kind of like looking position by position, and that's a damn good defense they have. And bringing in Judon this year, you know, I know they went out and spent a ton of money and brought in, you know, Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry and Janu Smith, and I think they've gotten great returns from all those players. Um, but when you look at their defense and just the players they got back that opted out last year, it, it's almost like they had like a whole nother draft with how many players they got back. 
And Judon himself has 11 and a half sacks this year. And, you know, seeing today that we're getting Spencer Brown back makes me feel a little bit better. Um, but we're also talking, you know, he's coming off of COVID rookie right tackle who he's looked a little up and down, but overall pretty good this year. Um, but just those numbers that Judon's putting up is, is against all kinds of talents across the league. So I think he's really going to have his hands full there. And then, you know, you mentioned some of the other guys that can come and get after the quarterback. You got Van Noy on the other side. I just think that with, with how the bills like to pass and are pretty ineffective running the ball, uh, Josh is going to be dropping back a lot. And if you get in a couple situations where, you know, you're really behind the sticks, I, I think a guy like Judon's about to feast on that. I think I want to disagree. I think I don't feel strongly about it, but I'm going to disagree. And I think Josh is able to, he'll get pressured for sure. For sure. He will get pressured and he'll run outside the pocket, which is what Josh likes to do. And he's done so far in his career very well, making plays, you know, rolling over to his right. Um, And, you know, you you can do it the other way too, but I think they're going to have a hard time bringing him down. They're going to, they're going to make him uncomfortable. He might even get hit a lot, but I, I just have a feeling that he's not going to get brought down as many times as we might expect. Uh, this is one of those situations where I really, really, really hope that I get to be wrong and you get to be right. Um, I'm just, I'm very curious to see what Spencer Brown looks like coming back into the lineup. I'm, I'm really curious to see what we see in Feliciano, if he's able to come back and, and it gives me a little bit more hope that we'll be able to keep Josh upright being that we've been missing these pieces and the offensive line has kind of been just rotating pieces, trying to get by week to week. Um, yeah. I, if you said, if you said four, maybe I'd feel a little bit differently, but I think it's going to be right in that three to four range. So we'll, I guess we'll see if I get to be wrong. Give us a prediction this week, Justin, before we go, because it's such a Bills. It's a, it's one of the most important games in, in recent history. I know we went to the AFC championship game last last year, but this game, it's in some ways, I think, more important because the monkey is not yet off our back. We, we want to say that we killed Bill Belichick, but here he is again. He's right back up off the mat, and I, I feel like this is one of the biggest Bills games in recent memory. So give us a prediction. Yeah, for for killing Bill Belichick, he sure didn't stay down very long. I thought we had like two, three years before they were back up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so I have the Bills taking this one, and kind of like a sloppy defensive game. Um, I'm I'm predicting like five total turnovers, and and the Bills win it. Fourth quarter drive from Josh. They they take it like twenty four to twenty one. Okay, I think Vegas has us favored right now, which I like. <laughs> but I was I was surprised to see that. I I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to say twenty four twenty one. Is that what you just said? Did you say twenty four? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to copy off from you. I'll say twenty seven to twenty four. That's a copycat league, right? <laughs> Uh, I'll say 27, 24 and 
I don't, I don't have a strong feeling that either team's going to win it. It feels like a coin flip to me, but um, I'm having a lot of anxiety on it. So but I'll, I'll take the bills to make myself feel better. Yeah, this is, this is one of the games on the schedule now that I really didn't, I don't want to say like the beginning of the season, I was like, ah, oh, walk in the park. You know, the, the Patriots with Bill Belichick is it's always a game that you're playing tough, you know, outside of some Justin Zimmer heroics last year, you know, we almost coughed, coughed one up last year. Um, I, I just, I think it's a, a little bit on the optimism side of like how bad I feel like we need this game. Um, but I also think we have all the tools in place to be able to come away with this win. It's just a matter of going out there and executing. And I think an underrated, an underrated thing to think about this game is just the coaching decisions. And, you know, it, it's more than the 22 guys on the field at, at the time. It's, you have to be, you have to have McDermott out coaching Bill Belichick as well, which easier said than done, right? Yeah. Much easier said than done. But Justin need to find a way to get to the game and be obnoxious. Uh, it's outside of that Sunday at one o'clock time slot. That's a, <laughs> It's a tough one at my old age. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Justin, do you have anything else for me? Yeah, I got a bonus one. Surprise bonus one. All right. All right. So I know going through this whole season, you've been very team motor and the two of us are, are both much higher on motor than we are Moss um, with Brita getting sprinkled into the mix. Um, I guess we'll phrase it this way. Real or silly, um, Brita has shown you enough to slot in more as the 1A of the 1A, 1B combo with Singletary. What do you think that means? Uh, I'd say you just swing it maybe five of the touches, two, three pass attempts go Brita's way versus Singletary's. So it's kind of a small shift, but just a slight edge to, to the touches? Well, it's a good question. And I know that they were upset with Brita because he ran the wrong way on that screen. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Is that a product of being inactive every week? I mean, it still gets out there in practice. He still know the playbook, right? So I think he has to take responsibility for that. But he does have the element that we've been all clamoring for. Bill's Mafia has collectively been clamoring for that all year long is where's the speed element. And for whatever it's worth, there's a section of Bill's Mafia that likes uh, Zach Moss too. So what the hell do we know? But uh, I don't know. I guess I'll agree with you. I, I like I'm team motor all the way. I wanted to see the motor Brita combination since, you know, week one, I guess week two, we stopped doing it, but I guess I'll agree with you. I yeah, guess I'll I say it's real. Yeah, I'm just kind of I'm kind of in the spot where the team seems to kind of yes, they're trying to be two dimensional and get the ground game going, but it seems like over over the course of the last couple weeks, you know, using running backs in the passing game and, you know, granted he went the wrong way on the screen, but just those the simple little you know check down flare passes and the screens that we've we haven't been very good at for you know the the better part of this season it just seems like it, to me if you're going to be 
a, a pass heavy team, it kind of gives you that, that chance of the home run hit from, from the backfield and Singletary to me has kind of shown flashes of being a decent receiving option. Um, he's definitely great in space when he gets the ball. Um, but for me, if you're going to be going more, you know, the, the running backs role is going to be more of a receiving threat and, you know, trying to, trying to use the speed to get, to get into space because your line's not quite cutting the mustard. Um, I'm definitely interested in seeing Brita just get a few more touches a game. And, and like I said, it's with the sample size of how much our running backs are used. It's, it's, it's not like he's going to be getting 35 touches. You know, you're talking, you know, maybe five more touches a game. So he's at like 13, 14 instead of seven, you know? Well, that's a great point about, I mean, Brita has in the last couple of games, I, I think his receiving touches have been more memorable than anything Singletary has done this year. And Singletary, as much as I love motor and I'm always talking up motor, you know, me, I, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm a motor fan, but that's one of the holes in this game is he drops a lot of easy ones like that. A lot of screen passes. He's done it on third down. They've been hurting us. Uh, and he's not very secure with the football for some reason, he keeps putting it on the ground. So there's holes in his game. Brea does have that one fumble. I think it's kind of fluky. I'm not sure I'm counting on that to continue. Uh, so I guess I'm talking to myself. I'm solidifying my position here. All right. And on a high note of agreeance. Okay. Justin Goddard over from the Wandering Buffalo. You can catch him on Wednesdays and Thursdays right here on this very network. You can also find Justin on Twitter at jgods22. Justin, man, I enjoy our segment every week. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time. Of course, of course. Thanks for having me as always. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Let's go. Go Bills. Go Bills. Vince Taylor and Buffalo on the Brain proudly bring to you the Mafia Hot Seat, a built-in Buffalo production. When it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. Be ready. It might be chilly. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Ladies and gentlemen of Bill's Mafia on the Mafia Hot Seat. Tonight is a fellow built-in Buffalo team member who I'm sure you love and you're familiar with, Miss T. Estelle from Not Your Average Podcast in the 716. T. What's How are you? up? I am good. How are you, Vince? I'm always doing better than I deserve. I love that. I love that you say that all the time. <laughs> Yeah. It's so awesome. Well, I'm very blessed. I don't have a lot to be upset about. Hey, I do, but I just keep it in. Well, I have a lot to be upset about with the bills. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. 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 That, 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 that team will, you know, it sometimes is just a bipolar and no, off no offense to anybody that is just a, uh, you know, a team that just ups and up and down. is just, can we get some consistency, please? I don't know how anybody can be 100% confident. No. In, in, right now. No, none. None whatsoever. I talked about it on my pod, too. It's just, 
it's ridiculous because, and I and I said this on my pod earlier, and I said I think I'm I I'm a spoiled fan because last year we had so much confidence that we would go on the road or they would go on the road, and as Bills fans, we're like, oh, they'll win. That's nothing, you know. This year, like we went to Arizona and we were just like, oh, that's nothing. We're gonna win that game. And although we didn't win the game, but still, after the loss, we were still like, oh, there's nothing. They'll get back on track. Now, this year is totally different. It's just it doesn't feel the offense is not clicking at all. To me, my opinion, you know, so I don't know. I mean, statistically, it it is. But it doesn't feel I know. like it. it doesn't feel like it, does it? It doesn't feel like it though. I, I, that's why I say I think I'm a spoiled fan because I just don't think it is. I I see Josh struggling. Like yeah, physically, that, like looking at him struggling. I don't maybe statistically he's doing great, but looking at him, it looks like he's struggling. Yeah. And last year he pretty much with all I mean, it was Josh Allen and the wide receivers, and he Josh basically willed this team yep. to, to that Big point. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and there's other credit. I mean, Teron Johnson had the pick six in the playoffs and, you know, the defense have some big stops at times, but they mm-hmm. weren't great last year either. No, uh, this year, you know, I, Josh is technically still the same, but if it does feel a lot different. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's go ahead and get started. So okay. T, you, you've done this two or three times now. I don't remember yeah. how many times now. And you're the first one to go this week. So you have all 10 questions available to you. Which one would you like? All right. I'm going to say the Bills are going to win by 10, so I'm going with 10. All right. 10. Let's see. (laughs) You're going to like talking about this one. I could make an argument for this either way, honestly. And I know that it's early. We're not even done with 2021 yet. But T. Is McKenzie already on the roster bubble for 2022? Oh, oh man. Um, I don't know. Like now, I don't think he's. I don't think he's here next year. I don't. I don't. If they don't use him like they did last year, what like what are we doing? Like what are they doing? They sat him last week. I th- was you think that was more of a punishment for him, or uh, I'm ch- you need to be checked, or um, you're replaceable, maybe because McKinsey was their guy. I want to say. I don't think he's on. I don't think he's on the team. I don't. You know. I just don't think he's he's going to make the roster next year. I don't. Because they're not using them like they did last year. They're not using screens. They're not using the gadget, you know, plays. They're not doing any of that with McKenzie this year. And I think it's sad because that's something that we're known for. And he's he's not part of the offense. Yeah, you're right. His little jet sweep role has pretty much went away 100% completely. They it made an appearance a couple of weeks ago, but... You know, I don't know. I, I thought that maybe that was something that Dable was using to try to compensate for having a weak offensive line. But 
this year, he doesn't really care as much. And, well, you know, McKenzie is a talented kick returner. And I, I mean, there are people out there that don't like McKenzie, but he's, he's a good number five and he's not the same guy that we picked up off the waivers from Denver. Well, he's a, he's, he's still never going to be like a number one, number two. No, no, no. He's got yeah. some, he's got some value, but I thought drafting Marquez Stevenson yeah. was a, a direct challenge to him. Next year's salary is going to be tight. He's on a rookie deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're paying him like really nothing. So, I mean, to get rid of him, I guess it will be nothing as well. But I mean, us as fans can say that, but we don't know what Sean McDermott and, and you know, Brandon Bean's going to do. But like you said, getting Stevenson, I think it was a direct look. Do you better button up? And that fumble didn't help him either. So, I don't know. And, you know, Stevenson, I guess, is good. Um, they said he's a good returner, kick returner, than he is a punt returner. So, I mean, I also seen, I don't know if it was, um, who does the, oh, my God, who does the uh, film? I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was cover one, but they were showing how McKinsey doesn't take the lanes. He doesn't take the opens. He doesn't know how to read the field. So I don't know if that's something that's going against him as well, you know, but every time they kick to McKenzie, I get nervous personally. Well, Joe Marino has been saying it for years. What's his phrase? Shaky ball handler. When I, when I hear that, I hear Joe Marino in the back of my head and I know he's talking about McKenzie. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm a McKenzie supporter by the way. And I, I, I did want to see Marcus Stevenson start to take some kicks because I think he's a little, got a little bit more top end speed, mm-hmm. but I don't think he has very much experience returning punts at all. And you can, right. you saw it, you saw it in this past yep. game. You got the opportunity. This is the time to shine muffs it. Yep. Uh, but I, I don't think I don't, the, the timing was interesting to me because I think they had to make the move anyway, because he's coming off IR. So they had to yes. have a roster spot for him, but the timing with McKenzie's fumble the week before, it just felt like he's just like, well, I'm just going to do it and right. see what's there. It didn't necessarily have to, to be a big time punishment, although I'm mm-hmm. sure that factored into it. Right. But he, Let's just see what we got. He's there. We got to shake it up anyway. Cause he's doing the same thing with the other position groups. Exactly. You know, Vernon yeah. Butler, have a seat. Oh God. I mean, I just, and I don't want the season to be over. Don't get me wrong. But I just can't wait until we see how our offensive line looks next year because I know this isn't it. Like, this is not it. You know, I know next year, hopefully next year, this, this um, you know, Sean McDermott and Brandon B will go out and get those offensive line linemen that we need, the interior linemen, all of that. We need it. We don't need any more defensive players. You know, I mean, of course we do. Don't get me wrong. We need, you know, some corners, but to project protect Josh, you're going to need to go out there and get those guys. And I'll leave all that to Joe, uh, Joe, um, uh, locked on bills. Cause he knows all that stuff. <laughs> Joe Marino. He's the guy. Cause I have no idea how to draft or what even to look for in a draft. So I'll leave it to the guys. I know. Well, I don't, watch enough college football to be super educated and all the players, but you know, come draft time, 
I start looking at who we might be seeing in a few mocks and I, uh -huh. I start trying to form some kind of opinion by then, but it's never as nuanced as some other guys. Right. Right. I think I did great last year. I said Eric Stokes and he's, he went to green Bay and he's actually pretty good. So that was my only guy. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I, I don't think we can plan on what Brandon Bean's going to do because he's going to just do what Brandon Bean wants to do. I, and, and that, while we're on the subject of the draft, it was wonderful that he got everybody back basically missing one starter, but we upgraded, I think uh -huh. when we lost John Brown and he was just like, okay, my job is done. But last year we were so flawed. You and I just talked about it. Josh Allen dragged this team with him. Yep. He, the offensive line was bad last year. The defense was so spotty last year too. And they spent all their draft capital on the defensive line. And it's not paid out like I think they had been hoping. Yeah, I just think they felt that if they bring the guys back and, you know, they're, they know each other and they've been playing together for so long, they will get it together. And it's just not working out. It's just no, not working out. It, was, um, it was a little bit lazy because he just expected it. Like, it was bad last year, and he's just like, yeah, we'll just we'll be good again. Right. But I don't think he expected John Feliciano to come in lighter than he was. I, I, didn't, I don't know. But it wasn't – even when he was at full strength, the offensive line yes. was not great last Absolutely. year anyway. And he's just like, yeah, it'll be fine. And he, he, it was, that was a weakness he ignored. He ignored cornerback depth. Yep. Trey white, the worst possible thing that could happen. Oh was Trey. And yes. so now we're trying to win the rest of the year and we're going to have to keep pace with new England. They're ahead of us. Mm -hmm. We have two games against us, which I'm very nervous about. I think we need to take both of them, but we're going to go into taking on the bucks with, Yep. Levi Wallace as our number one corner. And that's not and we're playing against Brady. He knows. Listen, Brady's at home right now looking at this tape, looking at tape about Levi Wallace and what hit what his um niches are and what he does. Listen, they he just you know, they put a band-aid on a wound that is like it's just you put a band-aid on a broken leg. You know what I'm saying? And because that's what the offense is. It's a you put a band-aid on it. They didn't do anything to make, you know, make Josh more protective in that, in the pocket. Yeah. I, and I think that was a, what a lot of us were looking at last year. Like, okay, you know, just get Josh a little bit more time. And Josh likes to scramble. I, I think he, he feels comfortable scrambling out mm -hmm. of the pocket and trying to make a, a sideline throw to Gabe Davis. Like that's part of his game, but does that mean he can't be better if, he doesn't have to do that as often. Absolutely. And right. Stand right there in the pocket and plant his feet and make a throw because he's got time to do so. You know, I don't know. You give the guy all the money in the world and then you, you're not setting him up to succeed. To his right. Fullest potential. Yeah. It's just frustrating because last year was at, at this time last year, we only lost three games and we went on the running winning streak of six and we've, and we're at four games right now and we still have, you know, the Bucks, and we still have a New England again. Like, I don't know. It's just frustrating. This I know everybody's excited about this game. I'm not. Like, I'm just – I'm a nervous wreck, and I'm not even playing. I, I don't like New England I don't, because they're just good and they're disciplined. They don't, they don't make mistakes. They don't shoot themselves in the foot. They don't do any of that stuff. You know, and it's just seemed like the Buffalo Bills – 
is still that Buffalo Bills of, okay, we got to try, you know, to keep pace with the team that we should be beating because we have more talent on that team. Yeah, we do. And I'm still very, very much worried about it because I think we need to take both. I th- they already have a game on us. I think if we split, the road is so much narrower. Yep. That that Colts Patriots game means so much to us that oh. we're putting all the all the eggs in the Colts beating the Patriots. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't think that the path to the Bills getting into the playoffs is very good if we don't win the AFC East because there's going to be a lot of teams with seven losses. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely, I don't know, from the beginning of the season, I think the first game, I think everybody got punched in the face and was just like, okay, wait a minute, what? And it just continued on. You know, it just continued on. Games that we should have won, who just, it's just mental laps that they had, they had this season, and it may cost us or cost, you know, the team a playoff spot home, you know, home field advantage or whatever. This season is just a little weird. Yeah. And, and this is a very subjective observation on my part too. And I don't have to be right about this. So feel free to tell me that I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. I notice when Josh is feeling the pressure that he kind of comes in and you can tell he's a little bit amped up. Like when he comes back to the huddle, he's holding his head up. He's trying to portray confidence and that's not a terrible thing. I, that's not what I'm saying. Right. But I think if you look at when Brady's feeling the pressure, Brady's like a baseball closer who doesn't know the count is 0-3. Right, <laughs> Brady, right, right. He, he's, he just goes out there and he's the same guy as you might expect in the first quarter. He doesn't have to, you know, talk himself and amp himself up. He's just always that cool. And I mean, that – it's hard to compare anyone to Brady. Brady's probably the best quarterback that's ever lived as much as I hate him. I have to say that. Right. Exactly. Uh, And maybe that's something Josh hasn't really had time to experience. And maybe he gets there, you know, with some more time and a few more seasons under his belt, but that's, it's just, it doesn't have to be right, but it's just something I notice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I get it because I guess I get what you're saying because I just, my last pot, I, I, I said for the Thanksgiving game, we have no dogs on this team. Like, everybody seems like they're just this button-up players on the team. I don't care if you get frustrated and you curse somebody out and get in your players or your teammates' face. As a fan, I want to see that because that makes me see that you are freaking into it. Like, I, I'm still – hung up on the fact that the Jags players had said that the players on the Bills team had no, you know, they, or not, I'm sorry, Indy team players said that the defense is soft and that's a soft team over there. Like, did, are you not upset about that? Like, what are we doing here? Or the Jacksonville game where they said they just felt like they didn't want it. Right. It was the Jack, yeah. As we were believing everything that, well, the Bills were believing everything that we were saying about them. And yeah. I, it feels that way. Maybe it's yeah. not true, but maybe there's another explanation, but it certainly looks that way from where I'm sitting. It also looks that way that it seems to me like when they went into Kansas City and beat Kansas City, it's like that was their Super Bowl and now we're done. 
Yeah, and that Kansas City team was not the same. No. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Strange. But I believe in McDermott. I like I love, love, love the moves that he made last week where he's sitting people and, yes. and making people inactive and he's sending Absolutely. a message because he's got to shake it up. That's how you're going to get their attention and that's how you're going to get them back focused. Like, hey, this is serious. My job might be on the line now. Right. And, and, you know, uh, and, and I don't really think that it's on the line, but I think that it's a little warm. I think it's a little warm. Well, I and mean I the think, players, not McDermott. McDermott's safe. Yeah. I think also, too, for this – and I don't think this this is a career type of game for McDermott. Everybody's saying that for him. It's very important for his career and all this. I don't think that either. I think, though, Sean McDermott needs to go in here and make the make, – don't make this these moments bigger than what they are. He needs to go in there because Belichick is very – you know, he could be imitating – he could be – um. He could be this guy and, you know, the whole persona about Bill Belichick is, you know, he went get, he wins games. He's Tom, um, Tom Brady. He's this guy, you know, he's this coach, this mogul. Sean just has to just get that out of his mind and play his game. Cause I think sometimes he gets psyched out. I do. I, I he, he gets psyched out and he just gets into his own head because he doesn't go for it. He doesn't sometimes trust his players. Yeah, he he can pop up and be conservative coach sometimes. Yes, and overthink things. Yeah. Yes, yes. I just don't need him to do that. Don't overthink it. Just play, man. Trust, trust Josh. That's all you got to do. You say it in the. He says it in the pressers all the time. I trust my men. But then he goes out and does plays where he doesn't trust them. I don't know. Yeah. This this game has me so worked up, dude. I'm not, I just I don't know what to do. I mean, if we lose this game, the season's not over. It's but not, but I think that the path is we can pretty. I think we pretty much can kiss the AFC East goodbye, and we're counting on a wild card. And I think that is risky. That, but Vince, we won, and that's why you know every season is different. Like we went to the AFC. We were there. We were right there. And now we're asking for a wild card now. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. People don't like it when I say this, but I, I do think this is true. I think, and I'm not saying that we weren't on a great team, so please don't hear that. But mm-hmm. I do think we overachieved last year. Probably so. I think we over we, we punched up a little bit too much. And that's okay because that's what the playoffs are all about. And that's why they're fun. And that's why they're exciting. But I don't think we were truly right there yet. And I, I kind of felt that way all offseason, too. I felt like we were probably one of the better teams, but I wouldn't have picked us as one of the favorites. Yeah, I mean, when people were talking about Super Bowl, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Like, I'm not even there. Like, w- there's a lot of things, factors that can happen for us to, you know, not go to the Super Bowl, and one of them did. I was on Justice Podcast um, one time, and I said, my biggest fear is COVID and injuries. Injuries happen, COVID happen. So, I mean, things happen in the season. And then also people were saying Super Bowl or bust for the Buffalo Bills. I'm like, Super Bowl or bust? We're not even there. It's no Super Bowl or bust for the Buffalo Bills. They have a lot of work to do. Uh, right now it's AFC East or bust. <laughs> I'll settle for that. Yeah, uh, that's it. 
all if all the AFC conference losses will be piling up because if we lose to New England, at least even if we split New England, that's another one tacked on, and we'll yep. be right there in the thick of it with all of the seven lost teams. And I don't think it's going to work out for us. I mean, it's still too early to kind of predict out, I think. But, uh, I mean, that's what my gut tells me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be a fun night. I tell you that. Definitely is. I'm going to be nervous as hell, but it's going to be a fun night. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good thing it's late because my wife, when I when we have a loss – my my wife uh, doesn't like me very much. <laughs> yeah, her too. But uh, yeah, it'll it'll be all right the next I just, day. I, yeah, I just I hate that it's a Monday night because I'm, I'm not either either way. I, I'm so amped, regardless of how if we win, you know when we win, whatever. I'm amped. I can't go to sleep. We lose. I'm mad. I can't go to sleep. So it's a big. It's a it's a lot. <laughs> so, all right. T, do you have anything else for me? I do not. I do not. Oh, well, do you do predictions or no? I'll, yeah, give me a prediction. Go. So I said on my pod that I said 28 to 21. The Bills, of course. What do you have? I I think I want to stay consistent here. I think I picked 28 to 24 something like that, 27, 24. Um, but I don't, I don't feel strongly on who I'm good, who was going to win. I'm going to pick the bills because I, I mean, that's, I love the bills, but, um, and they, they do have the better roster, uh-huh. but we're also so flawed that it can go either way to me. And I don't feel very strongly about it. And that's why I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah. Because we don't know what Buffalo bills team is showing up. Yeah. Well, I was, I, I was talking to Anthony Romeo uh, a couple of weeks ago, and by the way, I love Anthony. He's one of my favorite podcasts. I think he's awesome. It's a cover one guy, right? Yeah, Anthony's okay. Anthony and Sterling and Eric. Those guys are the hoof. It's, yes, yeah, yeah. Th- those guys are awesome. Uh, but I, I have to check myself whenever I disagree with people that are smarter than me. But basically, Anthony's thing is that these are not the same New England as has been beating us up for twenty years, and that's true. Right. That's not. That's not my reason for having, you know, some doubt. My reason for doubt is us. My reason for doubt is the Bills, our own selves. Uh-huh. We're we're playing our own selves as much as we're playing Belichick. Absolutely. So yeah, we definitely a few games have beat ourselves because of penalties and stuff like that. And uh, let me just say this: across the board in this NFL season, referees has played a big part in these games. And I need for them to just go away and let these teams play because the involvement of them is making the, making the season and, and these games just hard to watch. The inconsistent product is, it's always been consistent, inconsistent to a degree mm-hmm. and there's going to be human error to some extent, no matter what. So yes. I'm okay with some of it, right? Some of it, you just, ah, it's a bad yes. call. I need to move on. But it's, this, 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 this. Oh, and by the way, we're going to add taunting. What? Yes. And then we're not, we're just going to call it whenever we feel like it, but we're not really going to call it. We're going to tell you that we're going to call it, but we're only going to call it on these people on, in this situation. And, and then maybe we don't even do it then. So it's just like either you do it or you don't. But yeah, right. you're right. 
But then, hold on, let's meet in the middle of of the field and talk about it for freaking five to ten minutes. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> all right. T, plug your yes. socials and tell Thank us you. where and when we can find Not Your Average Podcast. I am on Twitter, Not Your Average Podcast on the 716. We drop on Sundays. Um, yeah, every Sunday. You can also catch us on Thursdays live on the Building Buffalo Network at 2 o'clock. Me and Mike go live on Facebook. I am on Instagram, um, Not Your Average Podcast on the 716. And yeah, that's it. I think that's it. All right, T. Always a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking some time for me tonight. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. Go Bills. Absolutely. Go Bills. Bill's Mafia, next up in the Mafia hot seat, I have another one of my favorite podcasters and built-in Buffalo brother, Andrew Two Changs. He's the other half of the Wandering Buffalo. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today, or tonight rather, Vince? I'm always doing better than I deserve. Hey, same same here. (laughs) Can't complain. And I'm happy I could be here and uh, help you out. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Short notice. Look at that. Who got his hand up? And uh, that's who you know. That's that's how you know who your buddies are. Yeah, you know, when when I saw in the group chat that you're like, hey, you know, I need someone. I. It's funny that you mentioned like, oh, yeah, I had my hand up because I used to do this weird thing in like middle school. And I, I you know, got away from it in high school because I realized it was weird. I would put my <laughs> one arm my right arm sky high up if I knew the answer to a question like like the nerd I am. And then I would take my uh, my left arm, put it behind my head to and then grab my my palm and support my right arm up just in case I got tired. Like I was like doing some weird yoga stretch just to keep my hand up. But that that's I did that for you when you needed help. I was like, oh, me, me. Man, I feel I feel blessed. I am so lucky to have uh, such great teammates, and thank you so much. Um, I never raised my hand in school. <laughs> I was too shy. I know the answer, and when I when I would finally speak up, is there something that really bothers me? Is like I never want to be the guy because I know somebody else would do it. But if the teacher was smart and they just didn't say anything for like ten or twenty seconds, 
I hated it so much. I'd finally raise my hand just to make it stop. Oh yeah. I, I, I definitely went through that phase for a little bit. God. Well, now we, now we answer questions about the bills and I'm not afraid to be that weird guy anymore. So, and I understand you got some great questions lined up for me. So what, what, what are the options here? All right. We have one through 10, but number 10 is off the board. Number 10. Who took 10? T. Unbelievable. T. I, you know, I'm going to tune in this episode and find out what you said, but if I, if she's going 10, I'm going one polar opposites. Let's go. Okay. All right. You are going to be well prepared for this question based on what you and I were talking about before we started recording, but okay. You know, I think a lot of times, I think sometimes we want to put a number, we want to quantify our confidence level in some things. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm very concerned about the Patriots game. I'm very concerned about the rest of the season Mm -hmm. right now, but Andrew Chang from one to 10, 10 being the most confident one being the least confident. If the bills were to split with the Patriots, what is your confidence in us taking the AFC East? 10. Really? With a split, you still think it's a 10. I feel, I feel real good about, about this team. And I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. So buckle up. No, (laughs) bring it, bring all all your information, all your knowledge, lay it on us. Well, one, I I will say this. I went to the, and kind of off topic. I went to the Colts game with my girlfriend, her first bills experience, not the best outcome. I am, I am going to try to double down on my luck and I am going to that Patriots game on Monday night. And well, it's the second right hey, now. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So Whoa. Claire, the voice of the podcast. Yes. Didn't, are you bringing her to this one? No, she's, I I pretty much thought that she was the catalyst for why the Bills sucked that day. Um, So she's, she's benched. She got the Vernon Butler treatment, the, you know, the Chris Hansen. Just, just take a seat. Just, just take a seat. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so she's, she's going to be home. Uh, she doesn't she doesn't really like the whole football game itself in general. She's more of a like a tennis racquetball, any racket type sport. And she loves to run like I, she if she could. She told me she would have ran away from that game because how bad it was. And <laughs> I don't blame her. It was awful. It, <laughs> anyways, getting back to it, I I feel 10 out of 10 again, and not because well, okay, ten out of ten. And what better way to start the rest of the season than Monday Night Football, prime time, the first time you play the Pats, right? You come out of there, you get a W. That's that's you know obviously a statement winning on prime time against any adequate team, but against a division rival who's won like what six games in a row right now, if I'm not mistaken. I think yes, I think right. it's six. Yeah, so they won six games in a row, and you know people are gonna go like, "Oh, you know the Patriots, they they're they haven't really beaten anyone." Like, well, they can't do anything about that, right? They're still beating the teams, and pretty convincingly, in in my opinion, like I thought it was impressive that they beat the Chargers, the uh, Browns, and we saw what they did to Maddie Ice out there, who, who looked Maddie like 
melt. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He, he just wasn't that great. Getting back to it. I, I think if the bills were to split, right? Let's say we lose on Monday night. Now I, I don't hope that that's going to happen, but let's say we lose or we win uh, or vice versa. And we win or lose that later game. We already know that the Patriots have lost to the dolphins and the bills have to play uh, the jets one more time. I'm not, I'm not here going to say that that's a layup, but you know, it's a layup. It's a layup. (laughs) And I am still convinced to this day that the bills have yet to reach their ceiling defensively and offensively. Now we've seen little like little uh, splashes here and there, but when those two things eventually sync up and they will at one point, hopefully, and we see, we know what this team can do. I don't think there's a team out there that can beat us quite literally. And the bills love to thrive in that, you know, underdog mentality. Well, look who we got coming up. We got the Patriots twice. We got Tom Brady. Uh, I mean, we got, we got the jets. So like whatever the Falcons, whatever, but you know, playing the Patriots twice and then fighting against Tom Brady, the arch nemesis and the Super Bowl defending Buccaneers. That's got that. That's when things start to get, you know, interesting. And I don't think Sean McDermott underprepares for any game. And with the, with the big asterisks I'll, I'll put there of the Jacksonville's game. So you, you can't escape that. Right. <laughs> but I, I really truly believe that this team has thus far performed at like a seven out of 10 and 10 being their ceiling. It's only a matter of time before we see the 10. I, I agree with you that we've not played up to our potential, but I also have to legitimately wonder when and if that will even happen mm-hmm. for many reasons and many reasons that I'm not smart enough to see, but for whatever reason, it's just not going like they had plans. And I, I was just talking to T and I really love the fact that McDermott shook things up. McKenzie benched. And mm-hmm. I don't even think it has to, necessarily be a punishment for that fumble, but you know, that didn't help. I think it's just McKenzie's back. Let's just shake things up. You know, mm-hmm. Butler benched, you know, he's just, he's sending a message and he's trying to get everyone more focused and maybe that's the key, but the, the division or the comfort, the, the AFC East wins are awesome. If there's an opportunity for a tiebreaker, because if we split with new England, we're most likely going to end up being five and one. Mm-hmm. That might not be good enough if New England is still another win ahead of us. And their toughest game, they still have two games against us, and I we're still a tough game for them too. Like I'm not here to tell you I'm thinking that they're going to roll us over. But if we split, they have to face Miami. Miami's not good enough to beat them again. I don't believe so. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just have a really soft schedule. The toughest game left on their schedule would be the Indianapolis Colts, and that could be the difference between us having the AFC East Mm-hmm. And not if we split and the Patriots win that Colts game, I think it's over. Yeah. You know, you, you do propose, uh, propose. Is that what I want to say? You do pose some good, um, I guess counter arguments there on my 10 out of 10, <laughs> but I, I don't know what it is. I, 
I just feel good about it. And let's say I'm wrong, which is a no, very... let's say you're right. I like that better. Let's say, yeah, right. <laughs> all right, let's say I'm right, but let's say I could be wrong, which is a very strong possibility out there, as I am wrong for most things in my life. Um, you know, at the end of the day. I still think the Bills are a playoff team. Both these teams are probably going to go to the playoffs, and that's, what, four out of the last five years for this regime? If I'm not, if my math is right, one, two, three. Yeah, that'd be four out of five, minus that one year where they ripped the Band-Aid off. That's awesome. That's 80% uh, under McDermott. You're going to the playoffs. Doesn't matter if... It doesn't have to be pretty, right? We you don't we we will take them as they come. We we went from a starved fan base that would just like please, please let's just have some crazy scenario, you know, where Tyler Boyd catches a touchdown against the um the the Ravens and the Bills somehow back into the playoffs. It happened. We need all Every, the help we can get. Yeah, those yeah, days. Yeah, we were ecstatic. And now, uh, as Bills fans, we're like, "Oh my God, we might not win the division." The the like, some people are like, "Oh my God, the sky's falling!" Like, I I just want to make it to the dance. Like, you know, if 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 I get invited to the dance, that's better than just watching it from the couch. So, if we don't win the division, is it the end of the world? No. If we make it to the playoffs, do I still feel good about this team? Ten out of ten, yes. No, I mean, I, overall, like, yes, if you take a step back and you look at it from a higher altitude, I mean, I'm not here to say Sean McDermott's doing a bad job because he is not. Mm-hmm. Last year, Josh drugged this team to the AFC championship game with him. I mean, he got mm-hmm. some help in some key spots, Teron Johnson, but mm-hmm. we got there because of Josh ignoring things like the running game and the offensive line and the defense was not good last year either. And this year, I think we're a better team, but it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't. I. It doesn't feel like we're a better team. We're mm-hmm. giving away games that we shouldn't. And if we don't win the AFC East, Andrew, I'm very because that's going to be at least one more conference loss. Those are starting to pile up, and we'll be lumped in the middle of all those other going to be seven lost teams, most likely. And I don't think that looks good for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. You know, it's weird. Uh, Jake, the executive producer of the of our podcast, The Wandering Buffalo, he was like, hey, do you like what, what you know, post ideas do you guys want to like create? And I was like, I just spitballed one. I was like, how, how about we do like a half, a like glass half full or half empty kind of thing? And I, I've always been a half full kind of dude, even when things seem, even when, you know, things are working against the bills. And I agree being in the wild card spot when we were the second seed seems like a huge drop off. But at the end of the day, we still have the same pieces from last year to this year. So that's why I guess I, I feel confident and and almost, honestly, this team has played a little bit better in certain areas than last year, this year's particularly in defense. So I say, I say this as 
you know, a lot of people were down on the defense entering this year, but they turned it around. And a lot of people were high on the offense. And some people were like, oh, you know, they're regressing. Well, you know, we, we know Josh Allen's numbers are still the same, basically, from last year to this year through 11 games, maybe if not a little bit better. I I just feel I it's intangible. I, I just can't really like measure how I feel about it, but I just feel so strong about this team's ability to hunker down, pay attention to the details, and bring this ship around. And even if we are a wild card team, I'm confident that we can still make a deep playoff push. This team is right now, we have a chance. And that's something that, you know, a lot of other teams in the NFL, how many teams make it to the, NFL, to the playoffs? 14, right? From each conference, well, seven and seven from each right. conference. Yes. You know, uh, what's that? 18 other teams don't make it. I'm, I'm I don't want to be the, the 18 other teams. And usually in, in out, out of the past five years, if you race those, like we were consistently there, we have a chance. I'm confident we can go to the playoffs. And the fact that we have a chance is everything to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to tell you not to be confident, Andrew. In fact, I like for, <laughs> I have to check myself whenever I disagree with people that are smarter than me, which is most people. <laughs> uh, but not me. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you're in that group too. And, and so I, I mean, I understand confidence and I want you to give me some of what you have because I don't feel that way. And I'm not gloom and doom. I mean, I, I do try to be somewhere in the middle. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I, one of the things I can't stand about being a content creator is we're usually expected to go all in on one side or the other. Mm -hmm. And it's rarely that way with anything in life. There's always degrees. And, uh, you know, I, I try to, I try to evaluate everything. And so right now, part of my evaluation is, you know, past performance is, is indicating future success and, you know, we're very inconsistent and we're giving some things away and we need a lot to go our way to get where I want to go. Yeah. I, and on a side note, like what we're feeling as bills fans, this, this isn't an, a, like only happening in our, fan base right this, this is happening in multiple multiple fan groups so what's your feelings normal like it's it's okay there's no way we can predict what's going to happen i can only just be optimistic about it and there's definitely some times where i'm like my own worst enemy and i'm like a pessimistic person but i i don't know like i said the bills like a high set of bed best when we beat the chiefs the bills a problem them bills a problem. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. I mean, there's other T all other there's no AFC clear front runner mm -hmm. right now. And mm -hmm. as much as I'm worried about New England, that's not it either. New England is not the number one seed. I mean, just stop with that nonsense. And Mac Jones is not the second coming of Brady. Knock mm -hmm. that shit off, too. He's playing fine. He's playing fine mm -hmm. for a rookie. But uh, you know, I, I still think our path that's laid out before us is there's not a lot of room for error. So. Yeah. You know, I, I always, it's like weird if this makes any sense when, whenever I, 
like play darts with people at a bar. I always like going second. I like that pressure because it makes me perform significantly better and I feel more fine tuned. And I'm not saying that's how the bills operate, but uh, as I mentioned before, I, I really feel like this team loves to play that underdog role. And when they hear, you know, the, I guess the back talk or, you know, the negativity, they're like, okay, I feel like it's a very similar feeling when you're lasering in on the bullseye. Well, at least when I'm lasering in the bullseye, you just take a deep breath and go like, all right, focus. And I, I think the bills can focus in on the bullseye, which would be the ultimate goal of the playoffs, a deep playoff push. And if you hit the double bowl, we get a, we get a super bowl trophy out of it. There you go. I, I, I like the Super Bowl trophy. I like the way that sounds. I don't know what that feels like, mm-hmm. um, but I'd, I'd sure like to find out. <laughs> Side note, Justin, you know, his, his girlfriend's a Patriots fan. And Leanne, if you're listening to this, I I, I love you. You're a great person, but I, I do not like how you drag my boy Justin to, to you know, What's the Patriot Stadium called again? I don't know why I'm forgetting. I'm blanking. Uh, I keep calling it Foxborough, but it's Gillette. I say Foxborough for years. Yeah, yeah. She brings this man to Gillette Stadium and goes like, look at all these trophies. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Leanne, you can't name me five people off this team. Get off my man. Like before I I, I drive drive into Millis and go like, Justin, we're going to find you a Bills fan or we're going to convert Leanne into a Bills fan if this is going to work out. I smell divorce. Yeah. <laughs> divorce. And you know, they can remarry, but it's gotta be in the prenub. Like, Hey, if you, if you want this to work out, like you, you got to convert like now. That's, that's always the best way to start off a marriage. Now it's not been my experience, but if you start off a marriage with a list of demands, you know, that it's going places. <laughs> yeah. Basically you're it, yeah. You go like, Hey, you want this to work one, two, three, four, five, six, et cetera. Like it's gotta happen. And you got to get baptized in the Bills way. So that means, you know, you're baptized in blue light, you know, chicken wings on deck. Like, I mean, what, 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 what amazing food comes out of Boston anyway, right? right. Boston baked beans, I guess. I do like their clam chowder. I'm not going to front. Clam, New England clam chowder really hits the spot. And I, like, honestly, at the end of the day, it's all football. I don't, I don't even really care. Like, I might get upset about if the outcome of this game isn't what I want, but it's just football. We we as fans have zero control over what happens, just like anyone has control on the future. So let's just have fun with it, guys. If the Bills win, they win. If they don't, we have plenty of games to prove ourselves. So let's just uh, hope for the best. There you go. Andrew Tutinks telling us, laying it down for us and making it simple. Hey. Got to be half full on these kind of dimes, right? (laughs) All right, Andrew, why don't you plug your socials and tell us where and when we can find the Wandering Buffalo. Uh, Well, again, thanks for having me on. And I'm sorry I was ranting so much, but uh, you you bring me on. This is what you're going to (laughs) get. Anyways, you can find me on most social media and podcasting platforms by searching up Two Changs. I am one half of the Wandering Buffalo podcast. As Vince said before, we are part of the built-in Buffalo Networks. Uh, my guy, J- Jay Gods 22 Justin Goddard, is also the other half of the Wandering Buffalo podcast. We drop a 
you know, usually a game recap episode on Wednesday and then, then a game preview on Thursday. But we're always available. We're always looking for great people to talk to. So reach out to Vince or us or anyone on the Belt and Buffalo Network, for that matter, uh, just to have a great time and good discussion. All right. Picking me up in my time of need on short notice. That's what that's what good teammates do. Of course. Thank you so much, Andrew. We will talk to you again soon. Hey, thanks for having me. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills. It is my pleasure to bring back to the podcast, and I don't even know how many times it's been on it, and this might be three or four, and he'll correct me if I'm wrong. Zach Vaughn, editor-in-chief over from Buffalo Fanatics, friend of the pod, and uh, you know one of the people that I, uh, that I admire over there at Fanatics Channel. So, Zach, how are you? I'm pretty good. Working hard to try to hardly work at some point in life. Uh- <laughs> Working hard to hardly work? Yeah, eventually. <laughs> so, Zach, you put out your midseason awards earlier this week, and you teased me a little bit about a possible London Fletcher article coming up. When can we look for that? Yeah, so I know that they announced like the semifinalists for the Hall of Fame, and of course, for some unknown reason, London Fletcher's not on it, even though he's better than all three of the linebackers that are on that list. So I'll have to do some research on that, but also I'll probably end up just uh, waiting until they announce the finalists just so I can rain on that parade a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I have a, a weird relationship with my memories of London Fletcher. Like at the time in that period of Bill's time, I love London Fletcher. I was a big London Fletcher guy and I was sad when he left, but as time moved on, I kind of forget about him. Like he's not a guy that pops my memory. And so I, I enjoy it when people are able to, I, I, I'm big on nostalgia. <laughs> he talks to me about like late eighties baseball and I'll be your best friend, but uh, London Fletcher kind of fits into that same mold. Yeah, he was definitely a great player when he played. And he, I feel like maybe the reason everybody kind of forgets about him is because outside of being on the greatest show on turf, which was his rookie year, I think, or like maybe it was the third year he was in the league. It was the year, I think, a year or two before he came to Buffalo. But he played on relatively forgettable teams. You know, he came to the Bills in the midst of the drought, part of that great defense in 04 that should have made the playoffs if it wasn't for that game against the Steelers. But then he, then the Ralph Wilson kind of, you know, was cheap, so they didn't re-sign him. And he went to Washington, finished out his career. I forgot what the number of seasons were he was in Washington, but every single year he had over 100 tackles. He started every game. He literally was an Iron Man. It was ridiculous. And I know that he's just one of those guys that also, while my memory is very foggy of those years because I was younger, he was one of those guys that was just like you knew, yeah, he's a, he was a great guy. Great. He popped, he, he popped when he was on the field. 
Yeah. He did. And, you know, as I said, it's it's so weird because at the time I was a big London Fletcher guy, but I kind of forget about him, you know, and, and maybe it's because he was one of the drought era players, but he doesn't seem to get as much run as guys like Schobel or Kyle Williams is much more recent, but Lee Evans or those type of guys, he kind of gets forgotten about. And even I'm guilty of that. And I, I don't appreciate that about myself. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that article and I hope you'll tag me when you put it out. I'll make sure to do that. <laughs> All right, but we will get started. I have 10 questions in front of me. Numbers 1 and 10 are off the board. Which one would you like? Um, I'm going to go I'm going to say like in honor of uh Trey White, I know he's number 27, so I'll just add a little math into this proceeding and go number 9. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is going to, this is going to kill you because this one I'm going to force you to make a decision. So not having a quarterback is not an option, but let's just say in an alternate universe, you have to pick a quarterback to be the Buffalo Bills quarterback for the next 10 years. Are you going to go with Tua? Are you going to go with Zach Wilson? Or are you going to go with Mac Jones? I'm sorry, McCorkle. <laughs> Yes, McCorkle Jones, his full name. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's not. I'm not gonna say he's my pick, but uh, I do have to think about this. This it's a very tough question, obviously, because compared to Josh Allen, those three are kind of, but they're also still young. Uh, Tua came into the league. Everyone was praising him because he was played for Nick Saban at Alabama. He had a really good system. Same thing with Mac Jones. Sort of, I think both of them were kind of a product of that scheme. And like they both were good players in college too. And I think, especially for Mac Jones, I think he ended up in the perfect situation in the pros because Josh McDaniels is really good at scheming around that type of quarterback, the one who may not necessarily be mobile, but the one who can do the underneath stuff, take care of that, make the make the simple throws, make that the checkdowns, the short and intermediate passes. That's where he thrives. And Tua, I feel like he, in terms of Miami, he was done a disservice by Flores last year when they yo-yoed him with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, but also he was coming off of that hip injury. As for his attributes, I mean, he's good in the RPOs. I think Ben Solek, put out a piece recently about that like he he thrives in the rpo system which is starting to dominate offensive play calling nowadays but not much beyond that and then we look at the jets and zach wilson i would have to say that for me in my opinion zach wilson's the one who is most similar to josh allen and for the record, I am not comparing him to Josh Allen. I'm just saying attribute-wise, athleticism, arm, that stuff, it's most similar. And I think that's what teams are trying to go for now. They're trying to go for that guy who's a bit of a unicorn, the guy who has the athleticism to break the pocket if he, and extend plays if they need to, the guy who can throw the deep shot but also needs to have some more improvement and precision on his intermediate passes uh 
But getting back to the original question of who I would pick, I guess I would have to say I'd want to go with Zach Wilson for the Bills, assuming that they have their current cast of weapons and, you know, upgrade a couple pieces on the offensive line. Because, again, he's the most similar to Josh Allen. And you, I don't think Dable or whoever's calling the offense would lose very much by going to him as opposed to going to Tua or Mac Jones. Wow, I didn't see that coming. I, I think this is a tough question because I think I can build a reasonable argument for any of them. Obviously, I none of these guys are, I don't believe, going to ever be franchise quarterbacks as much as McCorkle is getting all the play right now. I, I love calling him McCorkle. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think he's that guy. I think he's fine. And, you know, he needs a good offensive line. To mm-hmm. you know, I just think if you put him behind our offensive line right now, that probably wouldn't work out. You wouldn't get the same results as you would get with that good offensive line in New England. Um, Tua, I think, is playing better. Mm-hmm. You know, I I was ready to write him off, and I don't. I'm still don't think he's ever going to be a franchise guy, but he's okay, and he's he just looks weird when he throws because he's left handed, and you know <laughs> that will probably get some used to on on the team for play calling reasons. Um, Zach Wilson, I've never been a fan of. He doesn't look the part to me. Now I don't break down film. I'm not a quarterback guru. There's you just, my opinion, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. But when I look at Zach Wilson, I don't see franchise quarterback. I don't see a guy with confidence. I don't see a leader and that's all very subjective qualities. Right. But, um, you know, I could make an argument for him. Like you said, it's the jets what the hell is he supposed to do? He's, he's kind of set up to fail from day one. Right. Um, you know, they're trying to write the ship over there, but I don't, I don't know. I, I guess Zach Wilson is the one that I probably wouldn't pick. I think if I had to pick, I'd go with Tua, but I don't feel strongly about it. Yeah. It's like you said, it's a very hard question to answer because if you had to choose from those three guys versus what the bills already have with Josh Allen, and we all know it took like two two-ish years for Josh Allen to mature and get to the place where he was last year and is now. But you have to have the right coaches. You have to write, have the right offensive pieces, perhaps. And I know some people like to say, oh, well, Stephon Diggs made Josh Allen, even though that makes no sense because Josh Allen made John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Stephon Diggs had his best career year with Josh Allen last year. So I think – Anybody using Josh Allen as a measuring stick for other quarterbacks is just wrong from the start. You're picking the unicorn and trying to make that your baseline. And, oh, Josh Allen can do it. Yeah, that's just not the way it works. Because if if Josh Allen can do it, that means anybody can do it. And that's just flawed logic. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, because he was so one of a kind. And I think I remember there was that SB Nation article that came out when Allen was drafted that said, like, if – if Josh Allen becomes an elite QB or whatever, then they will have defied all the math and all logic or whatever. And it's like, well, it happened because he's one of a kind. You can't really replicate that. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I see it from other fan bases where they try to, you know, use even jo- comparing statistics from Josh Allen's rookie year is, a, is not correct either. Like you just, there's just so many, 
incorrect variables that are plugged into that because of how raw he was, the coaching that he didn't get when he was in college, the the supporting cast that he didn't have when he was in college, the big wins that he didn't have when like he didn't do anything to make me think I, I was upset with the pick. And, and uh, most of Bill's fans were, I think if they're being honest with themselves, they wanted somebody else. I would have rather had Sam Darnold and, and that's not turning out too great for me today. Is it? I mean, Sam Darnold, I feel like, again, he was one of those guys who was billed as a surefire prospect and probably could have thrived in the right system in the with the right team but he went to the jets so that didn't happen for him and like everyone's talking about now with baker mayfield how he's sort of struggling and if the browns could turn back the clock who would they take instead but it's like he was a great quarterback in college he was the heisman winner he was a he was a no-brainer as the number one overall pick for a team desperate for quarterback play for the better part of 20 years so it's just it it's easy to look back and try to redraft teams based on how they turned out now, but they wouldn't have turned out the same way if they were somewhere else. Yeah. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't hook up with Andy Reid, maybe the Chiefs are not even a thing. They're still, you know, they're still just trying to get by with a guy like Alex Smith. Um, you know, Andy Reid probably takes somebody else and makes them great. And maybe Patrick Mahomes is wasting away as a backup somewhere. I mean, we just, we don't know because he would have never really got the chance, right? So, um, yeah. and and Josh doesn't end up in Buffalo. Is he the same? You know, probably not. He we probably all laugh at the pick if he doesn't get the Sean McDermott um, treatment, you know, and, and trust the process and and the attention that he got. If he goes to Cleveland, <laughs> maybe we're still laughing at Cleveland. Maybe maybe there's no difference between Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. May, yeah, maybe. Maybe if Josh Allen ended up in Cleveland, he ends up being more like Zach Wilson. Who knows? Like, yeah. Yeah, but Zach Wilson, that's a that's a bold pick because he, he he does supposedly have the good arm, but it's hard to get a good read on him too because he is a Jet. And I said that same thing about Sam Donald because he had stretches where he looked okay. Mm-hmm. And I suppose if people are, I wanted to make excuses for Sam and maybe those excuses still apply for Zach and I'm just being unfair. Well, I think the other thing too, is everyone wants to make the quick snap decision on prospects. Like if you're a top, if you're a first round pick, you have the expectation that you're going to be a starter. And usually that means day one starter, like, Mac Jones, there was a bit of uncertainty whether he would have been the starter, but he ended up beating out Cam Newton in camp and was the starter. So everyone makes the snap decisions on prospects, but it really, you don't know until probably year three. I think that's usually where a lot of people put a good benchmark for evaluating rookie picks, especially for like contract extensions. Like I'm fine saying Cody Ford is terrible and they should let him go after the year or let him walk after next year or whatever, because he's had three years to prove himself and he hasn't done anything. But Mac Jones is a rookie. Zach Wilson's a rookie Two is in his second year and is showing a bit of progress from last year. So it's like sometimes people just need to take a break as slow their role as fun as it is to meme about these guys. It's just like if you're trying to make a legitimate argument, you got to really let them go out there and show whether or not they've learned from their mistakes. 
Yeah, I I think that I would have liked rooting for Tua had he not been a Dolphin. And part of me still even feels a little sorry for him because of the way he was treated last year. Like, you let him go or you don't. Like, and you talked about it, how they kind of yo-yoed him around with Patrick, Fitzpatrick. But even this year, all the way up to the trade deadline, oh, we really, really want uh, Deshaun Watson. Okay, I get it. Deshaun Watson is a franchise quarterback. You just traded up for this guy. You're taking on, you wanted to take on all the baggage with Deshaun Watson. Like you just didn't even care about any of that. And this poor guy is just kind of having the same treatment as he did his rookie year. And I feel bad because he's, you know, he's in a bad organization, I guess, but it feels good that it's not us for once, right? Because all during the drought, <laughs> we were the bad team. And now it's just kind of like, you sore losers. You guys suck. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, like Tua said, when he was asked, did he, with all the trade speculation, did he feel like he was wanted there? And he said, I don't feel like I'm not wanted, but that's not the same thing. And it's a problem. If you're banking on this guy to be a franchise QB or your number one guy or whatever, and he doesn't feel like he's actually the guy, if he's not going to have confidence, he's not going to go out there and do things for you or play as hard as he would if he knew he had the backing. Like, let's think about going back to Josh Allen. Josh Allen did struggle his first year and it was because lack of weapons, him coming in so raw. But what if McDermott had done what he did with Tyrod and Peterman? What if he went back to Peterman and it wasn't because of injury? What if he was just like, okay, Allen's not ready. We got to bench him after he had benched Peterman. And then he just cycled back between the two. That would have just continued the dysfunction. And we all know that the bills are the better for it, for him sticking with them. Because when you draft a first round quarterback and you're dedicating yourself to him, you can't mess with it. Once you go to the guy, you got to stick with them for better or worse. Yeah. I'm just a dumb podcaster. I'm, I've never been an NFL GM and that might surprise some folks, but I kind of feel like when you make that investment in a first round quarterback, especially one picked as high as Allen or Zach Wilson or Tua, you need to give them everything they need to, to surround them with everything they can do. Because first of all, as a GM, my job is kind of on the line because I'm pushing all my chips in on this guy. My coach is probably having the same thing. So why would I want to leave myself any credit open, you know, room for criticism by not supporting him, by getting a good offensive line, by getting some wide receivers, by, you know, just, not, but by letting him play through his mistakes, honestly, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you make a mistake and, and you force a pass or you shouldn't. Yeah, it sucks, but I have a rookie quarterback and I'll take my lumps because I know I'll be better for it in the long run. But, you know, Flores, as we all know, tried to do both and failed miserably at both. Yeah, it was pro it was not the best way they could have done that. I mean, granted, they did get some good weapons. Like you had Gasicki, they drafted Dalen Waddle, though I would argue he wasn't worth yo-yoing your own first round picks and doing the Sonny Weaver maneuver just to try to and basically giving up a top ten pick this year for him. But yeah. I mean, it Out is what it is. All <laughs> the picks that that team has had and their offensive line is worse than ours. And I, that's a big statement, I think. Yeah. Yep. That's definitely something. Okay. 
Well, Zach, do you have anything else for me? Uh, I mean, besides going and saying go and check out all the great articles we have on the buffalofanatics.com, and also I just want to congratulate you on the podcast and everything you're going to do moving forward because, you know, I was a big fan of your show even before you were on Built in Buffalo when you were just recapping all the seasons of the past, talking about all the different players and stuff, and it was just – it was a great – it was great to listen to you, to be on these shows and interact with you. And I wish you well moving forward. Oh, well, that's very nice of you, Zach. I'm very appreciative of that remark. I, I, I That means a lot. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, be sure to catch out, catch Zach and his at some point to be determined article on London Fletcher, because I'm eagerly looking forward to that. But he also releases midseason awards on the Fanatics website. It's a good read. Zach will probably tweet it out again now that I'm saying this. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tweet it out again at some point. Okay. Zach, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on again. All right. That is it. You have somehow... Force yourself to make it through another entire episode of Buffalo on the Brain. And I know that is not good for your mental health, but I appreciate it. Big thanks to Justin Goddard for his time every single week in Real or Silly. But friends in need, friends indeed. Needing some guests this week, some built-in Buffalo friends coming to my aid. Tia Stell, raising her hand, very much appreciated. Andrew Tuchanks popping in, love that so much. I always love talking to Andrew. Uh, Jake Jordan actually raised his hand, didn't get a chance to get in, but I appreciate the opportunity um, and the potential. And, of course, Zach Vaughn has always been good to me, so thank you all so much. We will look to talk to you all next week after what is hopefully a Bills win. We can have two wins by the time you and I talk next week. Uh, it'll be tough because it'll be Pats and Bucks, but let's just let's just for the best, I guess. Till next week, please be kind. Please squeeze somebody close to you. You only have a certain amount of days left on this planet, and you don't know how many of those days you will get to spend with the people that you love. So give somebody a squeeze. Wear a mask. Go Bills. If you were not absolutely satisfied with this podcast episode. Please contact your state senator or the postmaster general. Please be sure to mention. Vince Taylor said that you are a big fucking cryass. Here we are. I'm out of my third Pro Bowl. We're talking about our idiot podcaster who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So what has the sports world come to? We're talking about idiot podcast. Boy, I'm sure glad that's over with. Me too. Yeah, but you know, I learned something today. Just when you think this show is terrible, something wonderful happens. What? It ends. Ah! <laughs>
You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.